you can really live a life of your dreams, that you can really get as much out of life that you could hope for, that there is a way to do that. And that there is a way to get your health in order so that the health will not stop you getting to live the life you really want to. Welcome to the Dr. Espen podcast, where we explore the latest in quantum science, personal development, consciousness and spirituality, health, as well as business and money mastery. Join me as I interview experts from all over the world, sharing the most incredible stories of transformation. This is where we provide you with the exact tools and coaching activities you need to expand your consciousness in each of the eight areas of your life. For more info on our events, programs, coaching, etc., go to drspen.com for the full quantum experience. Greetings and welcome everybody to the Dr. Espen podcast. I'm Espen. Today I'm joined by a fellow Norwegian and we are going to have an amazing conversation about how to optimize your health. This is exciting. This is interesting. This is necessary. And I've actually sought out this gentleman, Dr. Torkil Fader from Norway, specifically for the way he educates, teaches, and is very unique in his method. What I love about Dr. Torkil is that he's spent the last 25 years working as a medical doctor all over the world, all over Norway as well, but he's looked at medicine and healing in a very different way. He takes the approach that there are powerful and simple yet affordable tools that you can apply in your life to be able to take your health, your energy, and your vitality to the next level. So stay tuned for this conversation. I'm really excited. Uh, welcome, Dr. Torkil. How are you, buddy? Mm, thank you. Thank you, Espen. Uh, I'm great here in the very western part of uh, Norway, out on some beautiful islands, actually where my ancestors come from, you know, some generations back. So I'm um, I'm happy to be here and uh, treating patients I'm on call like for 24 hours per week. That's the way I work. So I go around all over Norway working this way. And it's a freelance doctor. I work whenever I want to. And then I go traveling and go sailing and do photography or do live my life, you know. And I think that's what we'll talk about a fair bit today in regards to living in a beautiful state, understanding the power of the autonomic nervous system, being able to have success, impact, and freedom at the same time. I think this is really good. So my first question to you is, in all of your you know, quarter of a decade as a physician, you would have seen a lot of patients, experienced a lot of things. What was it that made you decide to write the book to get this message out there and do things so differently compared to the standard way the system is or any other way it could have been done? What made that shift for you? What made the shift? For me, was that I became aware of HRV or HRV, as you would say in Strever, that the HRV is a very important metric for your autonomic nervous system. And I tried it out on myself using wearables on my chest at ECG. So then I saw that my autonomic nervous system was out of whack. You know, I thought it was okay because I had heard of the autonomic nervous system is only a fight, flight, and freeze. And I was never scared, not even in Australia. I wasn't scared of snakes even, you know, and uh, which I probably should have been. But as I was never scared or fleeing from anything, I would have thought I was in a parasympathetic mode all the time. And what I found out when I put these wearables on was I was a lot in the stress mode, you know, and that was a surprise. And then because I saw that I could be stressed by food, I could be stressed by lack of sleep, 
stressed by heat, a lot of things that I didn't know about, you know. And uh, somehow my editor in the Norway became aware that I was using these metrics uh, for the autonomic nervous system and asked me to write the book. So it, my intention was to get better myself. But of course, these are tools for everyone. And that's why I wrote the book, The Pulse Cure, and uh, it has been like a tremendous success. It's still, after 46 weeks, on the top charts of the bestseller list and will actually be launched in Australia this January. So it's soon coming uh, your way down under as well. The Pulse uh, Cure. The Pulse Cure, yeah. How you can use your pulse to regulate and upregulate and downregulate your autonomic nervous system, your physiology, you know. So it's super important. And people, when they get this kind of a speedometer of your physiology, you know, and when you get control of this, you, you feel it. Immediately, just after a couple of weeks, you know, you will get better and feel it. And yeah, that's what's driving this uh, success of the book. Not only the book itself, but that it points to such powerful tools that we as doctors, we, we don't really have any tools for preventative medicine. So this is a tool. Usually our laboratory results and everything comes after you have been sick, after you have been diagnosed. And this is a metric that will tell you something about the risk of you getting sick later. So it's a fantastic tool. It's just phenomenal. And I could imagine now at this point, people watching and listening, thinking, what is this tool? And so we'll talk about specifically what type of tools that Dr. is talking about here. I just want to clarify, HRV, heart rate variability, measures indeed what Tokil was talking about before. So you can go and research that if you want to learn more. And there are many types of devices that would track this. And what I'm taking from what's been shared so far as well is the importance of tracking and having data in terms of different devices, which we'll get to, but to be able to have that information available to look at your stress and or risk factors. And this is critical because not only for me does a device like this, which is a Whoop, which I see you're also you're wearing there and, and others, not only do they provide this level of data, but it provides the, for me anyway, accountability. It pops up and says, Espen, you're at 77% sleep. You know, time to go to bed to catch up on sleep, you know, if you want to reach your peak performance and many other things. And the autonomic nervous system and to be able to, having a way to become conscious of what's happening with your fight or flight stress response or your I am present, grounded and relaxed type response is a key indicator in so many ways of not just in terms of health, but in terms of quality of life. So what would you say on that, Dr. Tokler, when it comes to the understanding, keeping it as simple as possible for some of our listeners and viewers may know, but can you explain in your own way, what's the power of having an equilibrated or optimized autonomic nervous system? Well, first I can tell a little bit about how we can measure it. We can measure heart rate variability because when we breathe in, in a relaxed state, the pulse will quicken a little bit, measured in milliseconds. And when we relax and breathe out and the lungs are contain a little bit less oxygen, the heart rate goes down a bit. And this little variation in the heart rate is picked up by our watches or wearables and can tell us whether we are in the relaxed state or in the stressed state. But if we're in a stressed state, the, the body will keep more or less the same high rate of the pulse uh, regardless of how much oxygen that will be in our lungs. So that's a principle of a heart rate variability. 
And when we have this autonomic nervous system in balance, our immune system will work better over longer time. We will have a less be, be less prone to get the infections like the common cold or such things. But we will also feel better. We will feel more rested. We will have a better well-being and in the moment. And over time, a low HRV is also will dispose you for serious conditions like cancer, heart disease, dementia, Parkinson's disease depression, anxiety, and all of that. So there's both a short-term benefit and also a long-term benefit for our life. You know, it will also predict, for example, it will predict that if you get cancer, your risk of getting cancer, your risk of the prognosis. And once you have been cured of cancer, the risk of getting it back, you know. So uh, HRV is an incredibly important metric also in research. And you can go into like almost any disease and Google it and uh, add heart rate variability and you will find lots of research because this is a very easy metric to put into your research by our uh, using these variables. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love this. So tell me what are the, your top wearables in terms of things that you can wear on your body that tracks your health that does a good job of it and that is usable and yeah, what do you recommend? Yeah, the, the one that we both have, the Whoop, is uh, really good. It will give you a measure in the morning, how well are you recovered, how uh, good has your sleep been, and it will give you an estimate of how much uh, strain can you put on your body today, which will be both like in training, but also in general stress, your general uh, intensity of the day. So I find that a, a very, very good tool. And uh, also uh, Garmin watches with their body battery system and the stress in the moment is also really, really good. And it will give you a curve that you can see how much stress have you been in the different parts of the day. So you can identify which stressor affects you and how much. And how much will uh, a cold plunge uh, do for your body? How much will a like, breathing exercise do? You can see the results very, very clearly on the Garmin watches. And of course, Aura Ring will be uh, the best for sleep because they are developed particularly for sleep. You know, like Matthew Walker is probably one of the people doing it. Yeah, yeah, great. And I agree. I've had the Aura Ring. I've certainly had the Garmin watches. And now, as you said, we're in the whoop. And I'm, we're not getting paid to say this. This is just a conversation of exactly what we feel is working in yeah. and what we enjoy. Yeah. But even today in my morning routine, you know, I'm out there, I'm adding in my high intensity interval training and my yoga and, you know, my breath work and my ice bath. And it, it calculates basically, you've got to use it. It's like any tool. You can have a Ferrari in the garage, but you're not going far if you don't know how to use it. So you need to study it and learn how to use it properly. But the information that I get from and the accountability has been really, really useful. So then mm, yeah. when, when we observe this and people are, are having these results, learning to track their device or use their devices to track their health, what would you say is the next step? I know you've talked in your, I mean, you've been all over the world working. You've seen a lot of what's happening in terms of, well, the state of health and what's going on in the world in general. What would you say in terms of life skills, in terms of other things that you feel is important to mention also potentially what you've realized can lead to optimal well-being or even peak performance in that way? What you need is a balance between what stresses you, the hormetic exercises you may do, like training, and the totality of your day. 
So if you have a very busy job, for example, if you are in, you work in finance, there's a lot of stress in your work. Maybe you're a nurse or a doctor, you know, working odd hours. Then you may not have as much forces available for training. You know, you have to fit in like your training schedule in the totality of your day. So that I think is the most important to be able to calculate how much effort can I put into this one day. And you will see it in the morning, you will get this measure, you know, the recovery and whoop. Yeah, and if the recovery is bad, if you're in the red zone, you need to take measures. You need to maybe don't do that training today or relax a bit more and do maybe do everything a bit more slowly, you know, a bit more uh, the Australian way, maybe. So can, <laughs> can be more laid back. Easy going, mate. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit more easy going. That's what I do anyway. So is there something that you can use to plan your day and to regulate after you see how much power do you have this day? I like how you mentioned the word power because we understand that everything is energy, right? And this is an interesting component to discuss as well because we're talking about wearing tech and using tech and algorithms and data to be able to get the appropriate information and consciousness is information, information is consciousness. So now we're getting data. There's a reason why, you know, the major companies around the world are all purchasing up anything to do with data because data is information. So when you get information, you get empowered. When you get information about yourself, you get empowered. And from then, if we can take the necessary steps, what have you found in your work that, as I said, you've been all over the world and, you know, I think you worked in Africa too. Yeah, I, I worked briefly in Africa for Doctors Without Borders, but mainly what I've done around the world is uh, really doing photography courses, you know, so I, and that's been very interesting for me as a doctor because I've been working with patients and I've been working teaching photography workshops, teaching people how to do photography. And I've seen these very different populations. So, so the populations of, of photographers going to the different place in the world, struggling to get a good picture, learning new ways to do things, has been very different from when I got back to, in Norway working with patients that were all often stuck in their ways with a lifestyle uh, that uh, is not compatible with uh, a good health. So I saw that uh, there's a lot of things we do wrong these days in our lifestyles that we need to improve. And we actually need to, to live a little bit more like we did uh, in our evolutionary time, more like hunter-gatherers, you know. And when we are out there photographing as a workshop, we are hunter-gatherers going out after great pictures and sharing them afterwards. So this uh, hunter-gatherer lifestyle is also what we see on our watches. When we live closer to that, we get enough sun, we get enough nature, we get enough sleep, we get enough rest, we get enough exercise and activity. And find this balance, it will show in our, on our watches or on our wearables. So that, that's a good thing that there's not so much new things uh, that I'm talking about in the book. Uh, in the book, I'm talking about sleep, exercise, movement, rest, alcohol, nutrition, and so on. We know what is good for us. But now we can measure it, and that makes it a lot easier to find the right dose of everything, you know, because there's the right dose of exercise and movement as well. There's the right dose of food, intermittent fasting that I also believe that you're doing. is some of the things that you will see very clearly on your wearable. I don't know what you have found there, in the because the food is the most surprise to a lot of people. Food and alcohol 
when they see the impact of food, of late meals, of alcohol, they very quickly decide to change their ways, you know, because these are things that just saps you of energy without really giving something back. So I think that the aim must be to identify the energy thieves that just takes energy without giving you something back, that's what I think. Again, coming back to this measurement of amount of energy, I love that. I've noticed that it's interesting you should say that because I was measuring my heart rate variability and I was like, it's coming up, it's getting strong, it's really good, you know, hitting 125, I think it was, something like that. And I was suddenly started to see it drop. And I had to go back and look at the pattern of the days where it had dropped. And it was some nights if I had one glass of wine, not a problem. It was a small glass. But if I had a second glass of wine, the heart rate variability dropped dramatically. What are your thoughts on that in terms of specifically alcohol and toxins in general? Well, at least the alcohol I can say a fair bit about because that's what a lot of people experience. That the price, the physiological price of alcohol is a lot higher than they thought for a lot of people. It still varies. So for some people like you, one glass is, is fine. For me, it's terrible. So this will, this variables will give you your individual data instead of usually as doctors we are used to relating to an average or how an average person reacts to something whether a medicine or a treatment or whatever but that does not really matter because you just a few percent of that on the average these variables will tell you how you are reacting to something how you are reacting to one glass of wine so if we were together and we both had the one glass of wine you know you would be fine or i would not so it will tell you the physiological price of alcohol Often uh, the wives, uh, women tell me that they can, their husband can take two glasses of wine and still be fine. And uh, they themselves can uh, take two glasses of wine and the, the next day is wrecked. According to Whoop, uh, alcohol is the worst stressor. So number three on the, the top list is disease. Number two is altitude, actually. And number one is alcohol. So a lot of people uh, reduce their consumption of alcohol a lot when they get the boot bands and the Garmin watches. What I used to think was just feeling dizzy in the morning, just feeling something after alcohol. When I see the results, it's like your body has been through an earthquake during the night. You know, a lot of stress. It's horrible. And then they in Australia, they kept all the bottle shops open when everything else was locked down. It was very interesting to see. And a lot of people were drinking more than ever. And a lot of people just went, you know what? No, I'm going to get my life together. So I hope that whatever, when you're listening to this, whatever your relationship with alcohol is, if it's non-existent, then beautiful and congratulations. From my understanding, the word alcohol stems from alcohol, which is the etymology means to extract the essence or the spirit out of something. If you consider using alcohol to take out essential oils from plants, etc. So there is this, yeah, either one hypothesis that Alcohol certainly does not serve you mentally or spiritually or, or energetically in many ways. And there is, of course, also the proven biophysiological effects, the harmful, direct harmful effects of alcohol in general. So something to consider. Because, uh, yeah, because there's no, you know that when you look the worst, that's after a night out. You just have to look in the mirror. In the mirror. And, and if you look out in the street, you know, who looks the worst? Alcoholics. It takes a toll on, on, on your whole physiology, and it's visible. As a doctor, you know, when I've seen a lot of patients, you can always sense somebody who uses yeah. too much alcohol. You will see it in their skin. 
in their total appearance, in the look in their eyes. So uh, alcohol takes a, a big toll. And the the problem is not alcohol, but the problem is the what alcohol will be uh, transformed to in the body, which is acetaldehyde, and that is very poisonous. And the the liver works really hard to get rid of that, and that's the big uh, stressor during the night when you sleep. And during the night, then these wearables keep watch and tell you what has been happening during the night. And yep. that will come as a surprise to, to many people. To many people. But a necessary surprise, as, as I say, to see is to know, not to see is to guess. And that's part of the problem I've seen anyway, having been in Australia now for, you know, 17, 18 years. I used to own a franchise of clinics from chiropractors to dentists to medical doctors and doing all kinds of amazing stuff and, and, and work and research and trials and clinical trials. And honestly, when we looked at it, the what I discovered, which was sad in the beginning for me as a new grad, was this system that completely didn't work. And I say didn't work, not from the fact of it being ill-intented or, bro- or not from the right intention, but how the model and overall, I think on a global scale, and please correct me if I'm wrong, most of the way the so-called healthcare industry works is very reactive. And so it's not actually something that we educate the average person to do. They know that eating sugar and processed foods and living a stressful life is harmful, but there is surely no ongoing proper education in this on you know on the correct level in terms of how we feed our children, in terms of what's going on. And then we have someone like you. And I did the same, right? So I started reactive and I loved it. I loved working with pathology. But again, I, I realized that what I focus on is what I find. So when I was working with patients, a lot of them actually didn't want to get well. And I would give them something, you know, now, now we're going to cut the alcohol. We're going to drink water. We're going to meditate for a bit. We're going to do rehab. We're going to do whatever. And those who were authentically invested in their house would follow through, get it done because they had the appropriate information. They were feeling better. But I didn't see in the beginning the distinction between someone who had an intention to get well and was willing to make an effort to get well and invest in their health and spend time, energy, money in that area and someone that just came because they wanted me to quote-unquote fix them. And I think what I've discovered over the years is that looking at the so-called healthcare system, sick care system, reactive, you know, whatever you want to call it, there are certain people in the world who have realized that at the very least, in my opinion, the healthcare system is not optimal for what it could be to be able to promote health. And I don't mean decrease symptomatology or suppress something until it's too late. I mean to get data and information from the beginning, get the correct education from the beginning, have the appropriate value on health, stuff all of your money if you don't have health. So really getting to that. And then, like I said, you know, some of us have kind of pivoted and we've taken this innovative, I think, holistic, proactive approach. Where do you see healthcare and even potentially global health in the future with what's happening now? What are your thoughts on the matter? Yes, I understand pretty much agree with uh, Peter Atia that you may know of. He has written the book Outlive. He has a great podcast. So he's calling the old way of medicine that we used to do medicine 2.0. And this new medicine is 3.0, which is proactive, that you can do steps, measure yourself to avoid getting sick. 
and uh, medicine 2.0 uh, is what uh, we are educated in, which is uh, waiting until people get sick and then treating them, which is now almost, I regard it almost as criminal now that we know how much we can do to avoid getting sick. And people, I'm not sure everybody are aware of how much they can prevent by living a healthy lifestyle. Because now I believe the numbers are about 80% of the diseases we treat are lifestyle related, which means that there's a low grade chronic inflammation that is the cause of all these different diseases. We have bad mitochondria, we have bad cells, and this will give uh, symptoms and diseases in all the body's organs, including the brain, including depression, including anxiety, including brain fog, and these, these uh, symptoms are, that are not, uh, now so are common. So when we do things to improve ourselves, it will prevent getting diseases in all these organs. And now we know so much more about it than we did just 20 years ago. We know the, the power of sleep, the power of exercise, the power of breathing exercises and so on, the power of getting the inflammation down by cold plungers. It may be a bit difficult in Australia this time of the year. Easier in Norway. Other important things. <laughs> a lot easier here in Norway, where it's now four, four degrees out in the water. <laughs> so that these are powerful tools that we can use to keep well and not just leave the responsibility over to the doctor to fix me. We need to take uh, responsibility of our own health. We need to take full responsibility, really. Mm. Uh, so that's my opinion about it. And now, finally, there is money behind preventative healthcare. So with these wearables, there's an old industry making money on you getting well and avoiding the sicknesses, avoiding the diseases. And that's hopeful, I think, that not all the money is at the back end after you get sick. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think this is important to consider because, you know, where we could have gone with the conversation before was to look at the system and say the system is broken. And then, well, whose responsibility is it? For me, like when someone asks me, who's your GP? You know, I'd go years without saying a name because I don't really go to the GP. I go to my the integrated this and integrated that and, the, you know, amazing people, you know, like yourself. And that then in essence, there might be, you know, I broke my legs. I needed the, you know, thank God it saved my life. If it wasn't for the ambulance, I'd be dead. But I think really in this instance, what I'm hearing from the first thing that you spoke about was when I asked you about the autonomic nervous system and about health, it was clear for me and hopefully for those listening and watching that there was a primary importance in living a beautiful life and not hustling and working and stressing, but having the, you know, being the photographer in your life, being the person that is out there living in alignment with your values, doing something that stimulates a beautiful nervous system and also the job, yes, but it's, yeah, I'm really just letting that drop in because I think many people are overstimulated in fight or flight these days. Yes, yes, very much so. And that has been interesting too because uh, since I have written the book, you get so many... Uh, messages so many people contact me and see their nervous system so many people stressed out and they didn't know it's only when you see the numbers that you, you really understand that you have been driving at 120 k's an hour and uh, i'm not sure if you use k's or miles in Australia, yeah. but uh it's fast and because you're all used to going this fast speed we think it's the normal but our physiology 
developed for for hundred thousand or millions of years ago uh, has not uh, caught up with our speed. So we are the immune system that needs more rest cannot do its work. Mm. So that, that's what happens when we get this balance. We get an immune system that can help us avoid getting sick, and if you are sick, to help us get better. Oh, I love it. And just think about the analogy of how people rush. And I go through periods of rushing, don't get me wrong, a lot less now than when I was younger. But the period of rushing and then you get to the end of your life and you look back and life is over, you wish you had more, but you rushed through it. It's like, wow. Yeah, yeah we need presence. And that's uh, what I love about photography because in photography, you have to be present. If you're not present, the pictures will be bad. So with the camera in front of you, you cannot think about the, the future or what happened earlier or things you regret or and you are there in the moment. And the more able you are to be in the moment, the better the pictures will, will be. So uh, that is why I wrote the camera cure, the book before the pulse cure. It's not released in English yet, but that is the, because I saw that the photographers had the ways to think, ways to do things that everybody could learn from. So there's a certain principles behind getting what you want. And that is the same if it's what you want is a good picture or what you want is a good light. The principles behind it is pretty much the same. So that's, that's what I wrote about in the, in the camera cure. And during the camera cure, I became very aware of this autonomic nervous system. So uh, that is also, because it's not just fight, flight and freeze, it's also to hunt for something that you want. It's also joy. Uh, it's also uh, having fun. It will also uh, be a good stressor, but it, you have to take it into account as well. It is not rest, even though it's fun. And of course, now with the success of the posture, I have to regu- regulate, upregulate, and downregulate my nervous system like a, a race car driver. Uh, I have to be very fast in getting down. I use a cold a lot for that. That's a very good trick and breathing exercises because there are so many lectures uh, so many podcasts so many yeah and i'm not used to this i'm 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 just a normal doctor until one year ago i was just behind my desk listening to people one person at a time now i'm suddenly finding myself every week speaking to like other people two or three times a week and that takes a toll on my nervous system and i have to really break down in between the efforts. Well, thank you for jumping on and having the interview with us. I was really excited to have this chat. For sometimes I see people in the world following their passions. In this instance, it happens to be a physician who's really good with health that realizes something that is out there, that is already done, researched, well-researched, that works, that is inexpensive, easy to apply, and will give results and data over a long period of time if you use it properly. And when I saw you speak of wearables in such a way, it really gave me this this indication that I need to bring this conversation to the surface because if only one person gets a wearable, and we have no vested interest in you purchasing Garmin or whatever, if one person gets it, uses it, tracks it, and realizes something that alcohol is not good or this type of conversation is stressful or whatever creates stress and you can eliminate that and improve your health and be more present with your children, then everybody wins. So I was, I'm really excited that you took the time to jump on 
Yeah, it's great talking to you. So um, good to practice my English as well. <laughs> it's not as good as yours, but uh, <laughs> you're saying now that the book is uh, coming out in in UK, Australia, Ireland, and uh, by April it will also be out in the in the US. I think I have to be become even better at regulating my nervous system in the 2024. Yes, it sounds like it. When the world wants more of you, then be certainly selective with your time. We're grateful for yours. And also, you've got all the tools you need. I wouldn't worry. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, www.pulsecure.com. Uh, is there such a thing yet or is there only the Norwegian one? No, it's an Norwegian one, but by January, it will be thepulsecure.com. That will be a social network with workshops, with courses, webinars, with lots of other people interested in this where you can... It looks very much like Facebook. You can put up your curves or ask your questions and you will get answers. And me and I think we now have a, a staff of 10 people holding workshops and webinars there that will also do it in English. It'll be kind of a Disneyland for people interested in wearables with uh, lots of... Uh, because getting a good health should be fun. Yeah. Because using these wearables is like a gamification of yourself. You become your own hero in the game where your health is at stake, your life and health at, at stake, and you use artificial intelligence by these variables to help you. And when you come out, combine it with your own intelligence, it's a very strong combination. It gives you more power. It's more power and energy. You know, you like that. Absolutely. I think that's amazing. I've got one last question for you straight off the cuff. Yeah. I want you to imagine now that you're on the world stage and millions and millions of people are watching. They're all gathered and present and waiting to hear your message to the world. Whenever you're ready, take a breath and share what's your message to the world right now. My message to the world is that you can really live a life uh, of your dreams, that you can really get as much out of life that you could hope for, that there is a way to do that. And that there is a way to get your health in order so that the health will not stop you getting to live the life you really want to. So that would be my message. Beautiful message. Dr. Tovke, thank you very much. It's been a privilege having you here. Thank you so much, Dr. Ospin. It's been lovely being here. Absolutely. Until next time, everybody. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to walk the quantum path into life mastery, business mastery, uh, if you want to learn more about our live events or coaching or anything that we offer, go to www.drespen.com. That's D-R-E-S-P-E-N.com or email info at drespen.com. And let's find out how we can help you take your life, your business and your mission to a whole nother level. We'll see you next time.